This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Hello, I'm Celine. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Knock Knock City. What I love about travel is being able to go in far distances away from where you were and being able to step on that land and explore that culture, what that part of the world has to offer. And I really love being away. You see other parts of yourself by just being in a different environment, different country. I love that. Millions of travelers have the same experience when they're checking out of their Airbnb. What am I going to do with my luggage when I'm trying to take in the sights on my last day? Today you'll hear the story of somebody who had to leave a street-wide worth of luggage under their Airbnb staircase and how they turned that into a new business venture, the Airbnb for luggage. From New York City, this is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Celine, so we're seeing that a lot of um, Airbnbs for luggage are showing up in the market right now. It's starting to really bubble up. Um, Why do you think that's happening now? And how are you differentiating yourself in that market? Hi, so um, that's a great question because it became a sudden bubble burst of Airbnb for luggage approach. Um, I believe it's due to the how established Airbnb got. A lot of people, potentially more than hotels, um, uh, people are using Airbnb to stay. And it's the sharing economy mindset that was a stranger to people maybe around 2008, 10, up to 12. But now to this date, it's become such a natural part of our lives. It's almost become an instinct to get on someone's cab and to stay in someone's apartment, almost share a bed, share the cab. It's become to this next level of it's not a barrier anymore. And at this point, I believe people have realized why don't we share as much as we can and use each other's resources for anything we can to um have a burden-free life or to have a resources that we need without, you know, um, looking elsewhere. So same with luggage situation. A lot of travelers have been um, a high number, a big market for throughout centuries. But at this time where people travel very freely, trusting each other and relying on each other, the problem of what to do with luggage there's a solution to that as just living in each other's places mm-hmm. in other uh, businesses. And that's people, you know, it's your belonging. You would hesitate. Can I leave it with somebody else? What if the people who accept it have the question always, is it safe to accept somebody else's bag? But at this time, there's so much established sharing economy values in everybody that it's an easier way. It's easier to accept and People are more tending to use it. So I believe that's why with rising demand for Airbnb and then this mindset shift of I can accept anything and I can give anything to people I don't know has combined together to really start this burst of um, Airbnb for luggage storage. Can you unpack kind of the Airbnb for luggage and like how does that how does it actually work? You said small businesses, you can leave it at homes. How does um, Knock Knock City make it work? 
So our approach is um, in major cities mostly, a lot of business locations, local shops, such as your neighborhood coffee shop, your tailor, you know, your clothing store around the corner, they pay a lot of rent and they have a lot of space that's usually unutilized. They have a basement that just sits there or an extra private room where they keep their own inventory or equipment and there's room to leverage that space. So what we do is we use that space to hold the bags and luggage of travelers who on the street are looking or wishing that there was a place where they could just leave this stuff. So you have on two sides of the street, the person who's looking for a place to leave it and then other side, a person who has a lot of space and not to do, like don't know what to do with the rent. Um, and we bring those people together. We're a network where people can leave their belongings in local shops. To your question, it could be that um, somebody who's working from home, an entrepreneur, a stay-at-home mom or dad could also do this. There's no reason why they shouldn't. Uh, but we took the route of starting with the local shops just to have established hours, make it a business so it evokes more trust in people. Mm -hmm. And also they're also more in need for the extra space that they have. Yeah. Extra space is not something that most residential apartments in New York have, right? Totally. So um, that definitely makes sense. What is the the economics? I'm very curious how that works. So, I, you know, if is it by the hour and is it enough for the businesses? Because I think that, that was always my first reactions. If I have a business, I have to, you know, deal with someone to in, get the bags in, get the bags out. Um, so walk us through how the businesses are responding to the business model. Right. So the bigger value is to get the foot traffic into the stores. So also in this time, Amazon, you know, taking off all e-commerce, retail shops are losing a lot of customers because of online shopping. So they're looking for a way to get more people into their store to get more exposure and foot, foot traffic. So with this platform, with storing your bags and luggage in other shops, you enter the store twice, not only to leave it, but also to pick your bags up, which gives a lot of exposure to the local shop owners. And that's the bigger value that they want that they get uh, from us. The second one is we do revenue sharing, of course, so they do get paid by the hour. So we charge by the hour. It's $2 an hour for a bag. That's great. <laughs> it's designed to make it for everyone. You know, we really want people to get rid of their burden so they can enjoy the city with free hands, free mind. Um, but on the other hand, a local shop who can hold 20 bags at a time, it adds up to a good number for them to really help out with the rent or to drive business. So it's both ways that um, attracts them. It's pretty interesting to me because I, in a former life, owned a restaurant and uh, an Airbnb above the restaurant, which I actually lived in too. So it's like, actually, we would become de facto luggage storage for free all the time. And it would always be really annoying because <laughs> it was a small restaurant and the bags would just accumulate because they would just kind of camp out. So I kind of do like the idea of, hey, just if you want to take up the space, at least give me some money because rent you know, it's by square foot. So if your bags take up five square feet, you know, I do pay for that every day. So I kind of like this idea. Exactly. You're not the first person who said that. Actually, a lot of the shops that I entered said, oh, we have Airbnb upstairs and they always come like drop mm -hmm. their stuff here and we do it for free. Like we must be, you know, <laughs> are we? <laughs> are we stupid? <laughs> yeah, no, I guess I was unique because it was like we had both. But I imagine a lot of the Airbnbs above the restaurant owners have nothing to do with them. So it's probably kind of even more annoying because for me, it was they were our guests. So, of course, you know, it's part of the package. But if I had an Airbnb above my restaurant, it wasn't mine and I wasn't making that money. Yeah. It'd probably get pretty annoying. <laughs> As when you had a restaurant, did you have 
a lot of fallow space, like a storeroom or something like that? Or was this just left out in front of the restaurant? It was pretty much in the restaurant. It was a very small restaurant. It was 1,500 square feet, including the kitchen. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, we only had 49 seats. And so, yeah, it became very difficult because, you, you know, they would, of course, their bags were maybe weren't thinking nicely about where to put the bag. So, you know, people would kind of trip over them and all that. But when I think about it, if I could just have moved them to, like, the trash area which doesn't sound the nicest, but they're bags. I mean, they live in the plane, you know, like they're they're already, it doesn't matter. People, yeah. So I, you know, if I think about that, I probably could have fit like 10 or or 15 bags probably at any given time. So this kind of begs a question. I'm just thinking if I were in your shoes as the restaurant owner, let's say you had knock, knock city at the time. If a patron walks in and says, can I store my bag here? What does the pitch become? Do you say like, yes, but you have to use this app and pay for it because it's a security thing and that takes me to the next logical place of if i'm an airbnb host right somebody says to me day of checkout like you have checkout 11 oh i just realized checkouts at 11 my flight's not till 9 can i leave my stuff here do you have any sort of best practices or pro tips on how that airbnb host says well no you can't leave it in my house but you can walk a block away and pay for it yes so for the airbnb host situation it's Airbnb hosts have been really happy when I pitch the service to them because they all, almost always have this um, problem of people coming in earlier than, you know, your 4 p.m. check-in time when there's cleaning happening in the apartment and people try to leave their bags. And it's hard for Airbnb hosts to say no because they're your guests and you want them to, you know, enjoy their travel the most. But then if you keep the bags and it's a hustle for you because what are the cleaners going to do? There's a next uh, people coming in. So we actually have printed you know fridge magnets or little products like that that have wi-fi and this information that guests are looking for and a place to store your luggage is also embedded in that so that's a way for airbnb hosts to know about it and just direct the customers the guests without really having to say it you know a guest will always look for a wi-fi and also see this um, solution to the storage is that how you're finding most of your your customers now or most of your users of um, Knock Knock City is through Airbnb hosts directly or is there any other way that you're kind of getting the word out there? A big portion of it is yes, uh, Airbnb hosts and SDR management companies um, like Metro Butler. (laughs) (laughs) That personal Brandon. Exactly. (laughs) I've heard of Metro Butler but I don't know from where. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's the awesome. service that runs, you know, a lot of listings. So it's yeah, right, like right. having a pool of Airbnb hosts. Mm-hmm. No, and we've then, actually seen a pretty positive response to it. We build it into our messaging and we say like, because we have very stringent check-in and check-out times. Um, you know, I, th- I believe our default is 11 a.m. check-ins at three. So that doesn't give a lot of time for cleaners to turn a place over. And we do get this question a lot. You know, that was sort of a... Uh, almost like a gotcha of what an individual host do but we see it constantly and it's always day of it's it's never like three days before can we have a late checkout it's like oh man 9 a.m we just realized checkouts in two hours can we leave our bags um and that's not enough lead time to suddenly reschedule a cleaner or if we have somebody else coming in there's just no room uh so this is a great solution for us we just say look jump on knock knock city and uh, they have a location services thing, so you can find the nearest spot. So you might be able to find a place two blocks away to store your bags. Um, so we've seen very positive response to it so far. 
And it's also a lot of work when a guest comes early, you know, to have to like, you either have to have someone at the property to let them in to get the bags, you know, people don't really think about that, that if I have to send somebody or it's myself, it's an extra like 20 minutes, you know, so if I'm to clean the house, or I have to come at 830, because their flight came in, and now I have to go get bags, like that's not really built into the business model of, of Airbnbs, really, you know, because every minute the property manager or owner spends on with stuff to do is is it's part of the, the calculation, you know. Totally. And Brandon, to your earlier question of like, what happens when people come in at a restaurant, say, and they, they don't know about maybe Knock Knock City, but they want to store their luggage or they heard about it, but they didn't book online. Um, our hosts, our, I call the business owners hosts. That's not Airbnb hosts, not to be mistaken. It's Knock Knock City hosts. Hmm. Um, they uh, kindly tell the guests to just go on knockknock.city and book a spot. It takes literally less than a minute. It's very easy. It's very intuitive. And that makes it, it's safe. It's tracked. It's, it makes it legal. Not that it's not illegal otherwise, but because there's an agreement and there's terms and conditions that both sides will agree through using the service. So people don't, people aren't afraid of just like, okay, let me just sign up and book on the spot now. We've seen that happening. Do you guys do any digital ID verification or, you know, how are you matching bags to humans, you know, for security and things like that, rather than me just saying I'm Nick Vivian, you know, I am through, you know, digital verification. Because there's a lot of services now like Airbnb, they use it and it's just upload your ID and within a minute you're verified. Walk us through that picture. Yes, that's the goal. We want to have that uh, verification system built in. For now, we're doing, you know, sign up with Facebook, sign up with Gmail or Google um so we get some basic information and then when you book a spot um it goes as you select a location you click book a spot you enter how many bags or luggage you want to store and when you arrive at the location we already have sent a notification to the host so the host knows that you know brandon with three luggage is coming here so that's kind of how they match people with the amount of luggage as well and then for extra security, we provide zip ties. They're like plastic zip ties that have custom numbers on it. So every customer has its own number and they seal the zippers. So it's really safe. They can't, they physically can't open your bag to, you know, steal something or put something in there. So it's really, it stays as you dropped it off. And then because you're associated with that number, you get your luggage back when you come back to pick it up. I wonder if Airbnb soon will, they should offer their own host profiles. I think that's going to happen soon, but just like Facebook logins, I think Airbnb is going to do that too, you know, because they, they really have like really focused on like human identity, you know, and, and the, this is the actual person that you're dealing with that trust element. So I've always wondered at what point they're going to make it so they can actually take their trust product and sell it as kind of an integration, you know, so then you could log in with Airbnb and then you know that that person has a government issued ID on file. So if you're going to bomb someplace or do something terrible, we know you like, you know, we have a government ID on so you can do it, but we're going to find you. Good question. Exactly. Have you interacted with Airbnb already or have they had any kind of reaction or response to this or is it totally off their radar? So we haven't interacted with the corporate. We did. We are a part of their community. I just did a host meetup yesterday where I presented about this service. So I am in touch with um, some of the community leaders and the people that host themselves, but we haven't really um, contacted the bigger corporate yet. Mm. Uh, we want to grow a bit more, maybe establish in a few more cities, which is so soon to come. So, mm. and then that would be something more of benefit. And Airbnb has this page where maybe you've seen it that you can, they have um, 
businesses that are a tail to Airbnb that they know that benefits their guests. So they just incorporate that. Like Kikafe is a part of that. So the goal is also to be appearing on that list, of course. It seems like they should pay attention because I can imagine a lot of luggage storage like you do an Airbnb experience and then, you know, it starts at nine and five and you just put luggage with you guys. And now you can book an Airbnb experience and get your luggage taken care of and then get your nighttime flight. It's cool. Totally. With the experience, too, it's really kicking off. They're taking off this year, especially they're made several in the city as well. And an experience is a day event. And yes, where do you leave your bags and luggage? Yeah. And, you know, I'd love to see longer term. Uh, a direct integration when you hit sort of a higher saturation point like i said when we see guests they're always like oh i just realized checkouts at 11 or 12 or whatever day of airbnb doesn't do us the courtesy of sending them a little nudge or reminder like day before we do it in our automated messaging but if they sent them an email or a message via airbnb being like just a reminder checkout is tomorrow or two days from now at 11 a.m if you could have this as a checkbox right on airbnb like as a host saying i offer luggage storage through knock knock saying if you need a place to store your bags just have that click through right on the app yeah um yeah absolutely like Mm -hmm. i i you know obviously you'd have to have a certain like a high high number of locations but i think that would be a nice host perk that airbnb could roll out and you know offer to its hosts at you know no cost to them definitely it would be a benefit for everyone for airbnb itself for creating a better experience for both their guests and their hosts. Absolutely. For the hosts themselves and the guests themselves and us, of course. So. Great. All right. Well, um, Celine, you just seem like you're bringing all the extra perks to Airbnb and also to us. We have a snack here. What did you bring us? So the snack that I brought is a Middle Eastern uh, or Mediterranean snack. It's sweet. Could you guess? Yes. <laughs> they sell it in New York. Plenty uh, in places. It's a halva. Amazing. So it's to energize up a little bit in the morning. So it's it actually came from Greece. My business partner is from Greece. I'm from Turkey. Cool. So we're in the area where halva is really known for pumping you up and giving energy. Awesome. Well, looking forward to having that energy. Let's dive in. Coming up, you'll hear Celine's approach on the business side of Knock Knock. Uh, the type of clientele that she's seeing in market opportunities and kind of the larger implications of the data behind all of this baggage. Who's getting what and where and why. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MouthMediaSen, that's MouthMedia, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, Email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. So 
speaking of clientele, you know, we've all sort of discussed this is solving a problem, right? This is people need to drop their bags. And I'm curious, in your opinion, what is driving that demand? Do you find that that's coming more from, you know, I know you mentioned it's not just Airbnb hosts. It could be you're out shopping and maybe you just want to leave your bags while you wander around the city or you have a dinner reservation and you don't want to come in with a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm curious as to what you see driving more demand. Is it people shopping? Is it business travelers? Is it Airbnb guests? Is it Airbnb guests who are only doing it because their hosts say we have a certain check-in time or checkout time? Do you find that there are certain things that are driving the market more than others? Definitely. So the bigger market, uh, the bigger audience is the travelers and one staying in Airbnb because hotels do offer a concierge service. So that would be a nice to have for this hotel guest to just leave it elsewhere, another neighborhood than the hotel. But for Airbnb guests, it's something that they would, you need to drop your bags and luggage if you really want to enjoy the city. If this service didn't exist, you could schlep it with you. You could go to Saks Fifth and Central Park and walk around the High Line with a luggage. But how convenient is that? How is that going to affect your day? You would maybe want to go to the airport early just to kill time because it's such a hustle. So at that point, our service comes in really handy that you it helps you leverage your day, helps you live your day in a better way, in a more better experience it. Similar to Airbnb, you know, if Airbnb didn't exist, you could still have a bed and a shelter to stay at. But through this service, your experience really gets better. You really get to enjoy where you are. Um, so that's how I see it in terms of positioning as a need to have or a nice to have. Um, there has been storage options, of course, before us. There has been train stations and airport uh, storage all over the world. Um, the problem is those locations are very expensive and they're also very centralized. So you can't, they're not decentralized where you can just pick a neighborhood you want to go and then think about the storage after. You would have to think of where am I going to store the luggage in the airport so I should be around that location. What airport shop do I really want to go to <laughs> as I drop my bag, right? Exactly. Which duty free should I go to? <laughs> uh, so in that sense, uh, we have improved upon an existing solution to decentralize it and make it available everywhere and to drop the price also. Mm -hmm. So if, again, our service was maybe 20 bucks for a back, it's not worth it. You'd rather schlep it down the high line. Uh, but since it's only $2 an hour, is it worth for you? It's less about storing your bags. It's more about gaining time for your day with that money. You said it's mostly like mostly businesses and shops that you're you're um, focusing on, right, rather than residential or um, or kind of larger players. Uh, is there a kind of a special or a unique situation that uh, is better than others? So like a cafe over a shop over a, you know, I don't know, a bookstore or something. I don't know if those still exist, right? They still exist. I've never heard that <laughs> word. Yes. book. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, of course, um, locations, shops were whose customers are travelers are more tendent, have more tendency to um, be a part of our service. Mm. These are gift shops, luggage stores, anything uh, that's more souvenir style. Um, and then after that, clothing stores and um, tailor shops, people that deal with clothes or textile and not food and beverage uh, have a higher also tendency. Restaurants, as you used to own one, and uh, bars, 
and coffee shops are more careful just because they're afraid of spilling some food, spilling liquid, and they don't want to take responsibility for damaging the bag in that sense. So those uh, shops are less likely to be a part of our platform. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's solid, selling products, also cheap products, um, you know, not like a big, maybe not a PlayStation, but something that you can afford 20, 30 bucks, 50 bucks. Um, they like it more because the foot traffic is more likely to result in a sale. Gotcha. And they probably have a lot of storage space, like these retail establishments have to have inventory, right? So they exactly. probably do have these basements that, yeah. Yeah. And for tailors, sense. surprisingly, we've been, we've been having great response from the tailors and dry cleaners because they also have the space where they uh, store the clothes. And they usually hang the clothes, so there's a space underneath. Genius. <laughs> Talk about space optimization. Yeah, yeah right. just, I like that a lot. You're paying every dollar yeah. for every dollar you want to get it back. You know? I think dry cleaners make a lot of sense too because they're good at finding things. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's really important. Like they I can't never imagine. Lose that's anything. what I mean. Like a waiter being like, "What bag was yours?" Like too much. You know what I mean? But a dry cleaner is like, "Boom! Here's your bag. Get out of my shop." You know, they're very good at just like going and going. You know. That's a great point of view. <laughs> one thing I've also occurred to me as we were thinking about it is I really like the the concept of being able to take my bag to one place and then take it to a new neighborhood in the afternoon. So like morning one neighborhood and actually move and store it to a different place. Do you see that happening where a, a customer might move to two or three storage locations throughout a day? Yeah. So what we see so far, we're a new business. Uh, we've launched only a couple months ago uh, to the public for people to actually use it. Um, but what we're seeing a lot is people change their minds a lot. So we get this booking from, say, Shannon in uh, our store in Times Square. A minute later, she cancels that booking and books it in Lower East Side and then cancels it and goes to Greenwich Village and then actually drops off her bags in Greenwich Village. So um, Because it's not where she is, it's where she's going. Is that the idea? Exactly. I think she's made a plan for her day and she's like, at which point should I really drop off my luggage? So there's a correlation between making plans for the day and keeping the luggage or like dropping the luggage off in a nearby location. We are um, in the future going to integrate third-party pickup and drop-off services. So that's something we're looking to move towards. Whereas if you leave your Airbnb in Greenwich Village, and this is like New York City neighborhoods for those who are not familiar, um, if you drop your luggage there and then you go to um, uptown and you don't want to come back to Greenwich Village before you go to your uh, flight, maybe there could be a service where that delivers, like Uber drivers that deliver the bags to you. So there will be more implications, uh, more execution on the delivery and pickup it part. seems like the, the Uber Very part, cool. could, you could do pretty easily yourself, right? Because you could just call an Uber and then just call the driver and just say, yeah. pick up this bag, right? I mean, you guys almost didn't, don't need anyone to do that. Exactly. Right? Or just, Postmates. You yeah, know? Postmates <laughs> would probably be, probably be better, right? Probably a little cheaper. Mm. So what other cities do you think this would work really well in? Is there like, um, what would you see as like a an opportunity for new markets and where you'd want to expand it next? So we're launched in New York and we're an American company. We want to stay because there's such a big demand in America that has not been met yet. Um, So where do people travel the most from in and out to New York City is how we started basing it off. Of course, there's San Francisco, L.A., and then the East Coast, which is Boston, Washington, D.C., all the way down the Amtrak line. Um, So those are potential locations that we're looking for. Do you have like requirements of city size or that you have an account manager there to get the restaurants or retail shops on board? You know, it seems like there's a lot of legwork that goes into signing these folks up or can you do a lot of it remotely? 
You could do a lot of it remotely. I think that's the beauty of our business is that you're not sticking to one location. You can be in many locations in the city and then in many different cities around the world. Um, all it takes is for people, local shop owners who want to leverage their space and help the customers, help travelers out, just to click and agree to our service to be a part of it. So it could definitely be done remotely. We don't bring paper, paper, paperwork. It's all digital. So it's um, as long as getting those uh, people on board, that's how we can easily expand. So I, I, I want to make like sort of a hard turn here because I'm going back to thinking about something you said with, you know, hotels just will hold people's luggage, Airbnbs, you don't have that much luxury. So you're getting a lot of travelers. That's a pretty common one. Are you able to identify like this is definitely someone who's a traveler or this is someone who's definitely shopping like demographic data? Is there are there any questions that say like I'm a you know, before I drop my bag, I'm a solo business traveler coming from an Airbnb. Do they provide that or do you have any way of doing that data capture? So um, most of our customers come from referrals okay. of uh, companies that um, offer services to travelers. So from that, those refer referral links, referral links, we can actually track uh, what kind of service they came from. But we do take data of what items they store. So we help we make our guests categorize luggage, backpack, and a shopping bag. Most of the time, it's two or three luggage and one or two backpacks. Mm -hmm. um, if somebody only clicks a shopping bag, we know that they're more likely to be just a local who's hanging out in the area and doesn't want to go lunch um, with their shopping bags or you know their personal items like gym bags. But then if we see a lot of luggage and only a few bags, then we know that it's more travelers. And based on the luggage size, we can guess... Um, how big the party is and also how long they stayed in that location because that's how much clothes they needed to take. So that's particularly interesting. Reason I bring this up is because you'd mentioned hotels before. They have the pre-existing infrastructure to hold bags and I wouldn't necessarily think of them as the first stop to become a knock-knock host where you go into a hotel and say, hey, do you want to hold people's luggage for a nominal fee when they're not staying here? Because then they're not benefiting necessarily from the foot traffic. But what those businesses might benefit from is that data. Somebody comes in and says, look, I'd love to store my bag at your hotel, but I stayed in an Airbnb. If they had access, and I don't know if you share or sell that data, probably I would say at this point probably not. But you know, there might be a world you could envision a little later down the road where, let's say, you know, the Gramercy Park Hotel says, "Sure, we'll hold an Airbnb person's luggage. They're willing to pay for it. Fine, we'll hold it." Can we have that data capture? Can we have their email address to remarket them and try to figure out why did this person stay at an Airbnb? Can we encourage them to stay at the Gramercy Park Hotel the next time or dine in our restaurant? Yes, it's not something we offer yet, mm -hmm. but we do keep this data. We do ask all these information from our guests in a very subtle way where it's not. So we want to balance our business needs with the guest needs. Um, it's not to a point where you have to fill out a form to be able to book a spot to store your luggage. It's really intuitive, really fast for the guest. But it also gives us the key data that you just mentioned that hotels and airlines uh, are looking to know how many pieces of bags do these people have, you know, um, what does an average person travel with data like this. And we do record it. And in the down the line, um, it could be something that we share and that could be a model for us. 
or you could just offer the luggage stores for free as the trade, you know? So it's like, we'll keep your luggage for free if you give us your email or you buy something or, you know, there's ways that you might be able to like play with economics too. You know, if I know that I'm going to like have two bags and I'm going to, I know I want to eat lunch someplace. Well, why don't I have the restaurant store it? And I'll just choose to eat lunch at that restaurant. And that restaurant now is my business, mm-hmm. you know, and the restaurant is only paying for nothing, just the storage space that they already have. Right. So it's a free marketing cost or restaurant. And that's, fantastic you know to put a button seat for no money i mean that's that's incredible it seems like there are probably tremendous partnership opportunities there too so if you're on the app and it says all right what's the nearest location i can say this one two blocks away or this one that's a restaurant and maybe if i'm the restaurant i offer a perk i say look come come have lunch here we'll hold your bags and you get 10 percent off your bill or something some of our stores already do that yeah they offer 20 percent off anything in their store wow Makes sense. I mean, yeah. it makes total sense because it's a marketing cost. Then luggage storage becomes a marketing cost. Exactly. Know? And for them, it's actually not. I don't think they'll see it as a cost because that, that rent is paid already. So even if it's two dollars an hour, like the, the, I don't think they'll see that as what they're sharing. You know, they'll just think, oh, I already have space. I already have people staffed, you know. Yes, because joining the service doesn't put some they don't have to gain extra space in order to be a part of it. It's something that they already have. And it just works with it. So if we didn't exist, that space would still be there sitting alone. So it's yeah. it doesn't take away from their marketing budget or, you know. Interesting. So what what is like the most important thing for you next? What is what's the what's the future for Knock Knock look like? Um, our goal is always to get to as many people as possible because there's millions of travelers out there who are um, who would benefit from just storing their bags and luggage away. Um, so our goal is in order to get to these people to grow into other cities and expand in geographical terms. Um, and because of our model, our business model is really eligible. Like it's very easy to um, grow into other cities. It doesn't have high infrastructure costs. It's just signing people up uh, on a digital platform. Everything is done digitally, checking in, checking out, summary, payment. So we don't need in-person transactions or in-person being there. So our Biggest goal now is to um, expand geographically and get help as many people carry less and just do more with their time. How many shops does a does do you need for a city to be validated? You have forty some shops now. How many yes, shops we have forty two shops in New York City. Mm. Um, depending, so New York City is a huge one. You know, right. depending on the size of the city and the downtown area, I'd say where tourists um, travelers spend the most time in. It could be from 10 locations to 50 locations. And there must be limitations on space too. Do you let the businesses say I'll have 10 bags only or 20 or how does that work? Definitely. When they sign up on our platform, they set two things. One is their business hours and second thing is their capacity. So because it's all done online through online booking, the system knows not to overbook each location more than their capacity can take. So will it say something like, you know, two out of 20 spots remaining or will it just not appear as an available location if I say I have six bags? Yeah, it, it will just show you as unavailable. Um, so it, it, you raise an interesting point with uh, the business hours. Um, I'm dying to know what would happen hypothetically if I were to store three bags in the business hours, the published business hours say, look, we close at 11 p.m. and I just lose track of time. And I have a flight out at, you know, I'm flying on the red eye at two in the morning and it's 1045 and I'm on the other side of town and there's no way I can get there by 11. Like, is there a contingency or do I just, is that my fault? So 
legally speaking, it's your fault. Cause <laughs> <laughs> the terms you agree to say that you have, it's your responsibility to be there on time. But of course, as a experience-centric company, we try to work uh, the best solution for you. What happens is when you book a spot, it's since it's all on your phone and you have to show your phone to for the host to scan, it says loud and clear, like pick up by 10 p.m., uh, and then the host uh, hosts always remind our guests because they have a moment of interaction. They're like, hey, how are you? Like, thanks for holding this. And they're... Real person talking to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so the hosts always remind the guests that we close at 10. Like, don't forget to pick it up by 10. Um, apart from that, we do give you a call an hour before and 30 minutes before just to like, hey, <laughs> your luggage is here. But really, from what we've seen so far and what I've spoken with people as well, it's your luggage is so important. You have your life in your luggage when you're traveling. So it's you have to be really very drunk to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll probably miss your flight if you're that drunk anyway. So. should just add an eBay clause, you know. <laughs> Items left overnight, dot, 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 eBay. <laughs> you know, it's lost and found a bit little extra money. Like new vertical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this is a good deal. One bag a week. No. Uh, awesome. Uh, well, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, you'll hear some more personal questions from Celine. Hey, everybody. This is Vikram Iyer, former advisor to President Barack Obama. Have you been opening your Twitter account or Facebook feeds or even just talking to families and friends and wondering what the heck is going on in this country? Well, it's not as bad as you think, but we're going to unpack that for you. Join me at the American Enough podcast on the Mouth Media Network as we unpack the policies, executive orders, and daily kerfuffles that are shaping not just this administration, but the modern face of America's politics. Episodes available at AmericanEnoughPodcast.com and everywhere the best podcasts are found. I'm very curious... You have a luggage company, so I'm very curious to know about your packing style because I'm a huge packer. I'm very much of a nerd, so I have a very simple question. Do you roll or do you fold? Oh, That's a really tough question. You um, can't do both if you don't say both because that freaks me out. I do both. <laughs> roll underwear, fold shirts. Exactly. Fair. Yep. Okay. That's that's exa exactly how I do as well. Um, <laughs> She's a rolling fold. <laughs> just fold everything and then like jackets and shirts. I roll, and I've read a lot of Marie Kondo. I don't know if you're familiar with the diva of <laughs> packing, the packing master. Um, she recommends to roll. So, duh, <laughs> people roll 100. percent Come on, you fit more in there. What about dress shirts? <gasps> roll. Really? Fewer wrinkles. Guaranteed. Ah. The only really? thing is, I'm someone who lives off the luggage when I travel. Like, I, I don't usually take my stuff out and put it in the closet or in the hotel or Airbnb. So when it's rolled, it's harder for me to, like, um, see and remember what is what. Whereas when it's just folded, That's I can fair. just go, like, with the finger movements, yeah. skim through the clothes. <laughs> I like this image I have in my head of you. Like, what will I wear today? Where will it stop today? I, I would say my biggest struggle is separating dirty laundry from clean. 
because I tend to travel light. I don't know about you guys, but I care. I like to travel with nothing but a carry on. Mm-hmm. And they have those divider pockets with the zipper, and you can put dirty laundry in there. But like five days into a trip, what do you do? The it's like they're to they're gonna mix. Again. Yeah, yeah. You put the clean ones there, and then you put the dirty just in the yeah. Switch, <laughs> switch. Or just make a big pile, and you won't know, and you won't feel bad. You're like, huh? Could be clean. Could be dirty. It's the equivalent perfume. of the chair, right? <laughs> just gonna, just smell, it. smell it before you start. The smell test. <laughs> Again, on the luggage train, what is the um, what is the, like the first time that you remember you the, you left your luggage in somebody else's hands? It could be like a first trip, could be anywhere. Anything. Right. So actually, that's a great question because that's the roots of how we started Knock Knock City. Bam. Origin story. Uh, or, it's a true story. <laughs> <laughs> Origin, true story. Um, I do a lot of Airbnbs. Like when I travel, I always stay in somebody else's place to do it locals to get to know people. And the only problem I had have had since the beginning is what to do with my luggage. And the last Airbnb stay before we founded the company was in uh, Philadelphia. And we just, with uh, Nico, my business partner, we just went for the weekend and um, checked out on Sunday morning. And the host didn't let us leave our luggage in there. So we really didn't know what to do. And it was a trade show material. So I had huge suitcases full of hangers. Um, that we couldn't drag it around the city. There was no way. Um, the luggage were bigger than the streets. So we just left it unattended in the brownstone. So the Airbnb was a brownstone. We put it under the staircase, just hoping nobody steals it. So I wish there was somebody to take care of it. <laughs> we just left it unattended. And, <laughs> and the risk Someone was, else was just a, a vacant building or like a vacant hallway. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there were people living in there. Okay. <laughs> um, so and we still had to carry the backpack with the laptop and the chargers and all that weight so it still wasn't the best solution and our mind was always like with the luggage the risk was okay worst case i lose two suitcases full of hangers uh, which i had a ton of inventory elsewhere so it was like it was worth the risk but that's when we said this is this is madness like we have to find a solution this is not safe um and that's the riskiest luggage move i did (laughs) and then we formed the company so even under the stairs can be a great storage location. See, you could they could have been making money right there. Uh, right. <laughs> if we put a cage or something. <laughs> like an Amazon locker. Right? Yeah. <laughs> knock, Amazon. knock, locker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess this isn't that personal of a question, but where do you see this going? What's the bigger vision on the long term, the five-year plan here? So... We talked about the shorter plan is to get around the world in all the cities. But the reason, the real reason behind what we're doing is to really help people make the most out of their days by carrying less items. Um, The bigger picture is to have anybody, you as a traveler, you as a local or as a commuter, uh, just say, oh yeah, let me just drop my stuff so I will meet you there. Let me just get rid of my burden. Let me just get rid of this so I can actually do what I wanted to do. That I can actually go to where I want to go without double thinking or thinking twice of uh, the luggage and the logistics. Uh, So we want people to be um, able to move freely without being grounded by weight um, all over the world and just move, travel, um, go to dinners, go around, meet with friends uh, without having to worry about the stuff that they need to carry. Thank you again, Celine, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking. And for my co-host, Brandon. Hey, thank you. Always a pleasure. Co-host, Nick. It's been swell. And I'm John Matson. Bon voyage. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.
This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.